1: Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit botoxcosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300.
0: See for yourself at botoxcosmetic.com.
1: The opinion line with PJ
2: Coogan on Courts ninety six FM.
3: Good morning all 1850 715 996 is the number the text to whatsapp 083 396 96 96 the email for the show opinion at 96fm.ie twitter is at opinion line 96 with the hashtag ol 96 and of course you can contact us through facebook the corks 96fm facebook page send us a message and address it please if you would for the attention of the opinion line Jillian contacted us. All sorts of different things now opening and closing and not opening and not closing and changing and not changing and coming forward and going backwards as we try to keep this damn virus from getting out of control again. I actually got the numbers I was checking around and once again Mary Corker at the Echo has been doing great work on, on the Cork numbers and I got them uh, there in the last couple of minutes so I'll tell you how the Cork numbers are surprisingly low numbers you've a better chance of being hit by a bus in Cork I'd say at this stage than getting COVID-19 but still we still have to stay careful but Gillian you contacted us about something Hi. to do with your son good morning to you what Hi. happened?
4: Hi, how are you? Um, basically, my son went swimming with my husband there a couple of days ago. Right. And basically, they were, you know what, they were really excited because it was months since they were able to go swimming. And basically, anyway, he came out and he of uh, swimming and they weren't allowed to have a shower. Which I felt, look, if you can go swimming, surely I can't understand why you couldn't have a shower after going swimming because it's important, to be quite honest, Yeah. get all the bacteria off, you know? Yeah and basically we live about an hour away from the swimming pool so basically by the time he got home he started coming out in a rash kind of lumps under his skin right. and those lumps started overnight they started turning into blisters cuz he has he's prone to eczema okay. and you, you sent us you know,
3: some you sent us some photographs they're fairly graphic
4: they were actually those ones were actually not the worst i couldn't send on the other ones cuz they were actually too invasive They were up by his groin area. Literally, the child has been in agony. I brought him to the doctor. He's on medicine. He's tablets, creams, you name it. And he's finding it very hard to sleep at night. And even to walk, it's actually quite painful, to be honest.
3: You you say he gets eczema anyway.
4: He does. Yeah, And he had never any issues going swimming before, to be quite honest. But to be honest, it's the fact that when you come out of the swimming pool, it's like basically this hand washing. They're telling you, you need to wash your hands. And yet, you go swimming... You can't have a shower. It doesn't yeah. make sense, you know.
3: Well, when you go swimming, the water has chlorine in it anyway. Exactly. And And, like, and we need to wash our bodies to get the chlorine off because space. it's yeah. bad for your skin. It can be bad for your skin.
4: It is bad and it, cause, it can cause flare-ups and he ended up with a very bad skin infection because of that. Right. You know, and I'm mad, to be quite honest, because it's just ludicrous. Like, who makes these, who puts in these measures in place because they're not for your health, you know. Like anybody will tell you, you need to wash off the chlorine. You know. After
3: well, the- well, here's the weirdest thing yeah. as well, Gillian. You know, from yeah. from day one. They've been telling us, wash your hands, wash That's your
4: basically. hands. That's basically it. My kids are really upset so washing their hands. You get, know? get
3: lather up. I mean, I've already washed my hands yeah. four times this morning. Get, yeah. get a lather up. Wash your hands. Yeah. Like, when you step into a shower and you use gel or whatever yeah. you use, you're getting a lather up. If there's any exactly. infection on your body, you're washing it down the plug hole. So I can't, I, like. I can't understand yeah. the, the, the problem with that.
5: It's
4: everywhere, though, like Because even in the hotels as well, like my family were away over the weekend. And basically, you've got to walk from the pool to your room in a towel. Like, I mean, it's, it, that's another health and safety risk, because you could fall on the tiles walking across the reception area. You know, you're not allowed to have a shower by the pool, but yet you'd have to go back to your hotel room to have the shower, you know. It's all these ridiculous that. measures. Like, they have to stop because there's more and more people with sensitive skin, especially. Like, you'll end up having more people with skin infections and something needs to stop now, you know. Enough is enough, like, you
3: know. I just don't understand that. I yeah. would love someone to explain to me why I that is... I would it. too. I know? mean, chlorinated water, we, we, we know, for example, since the very start, yeah. that, that the virus itself yeah. is... is, is, is damaged by well-chlorinated water and, and you're safe exactly. in a swimming pool. You're safe while you're swimming because the of water's course, chlorinated. But yeah. when you get out of it, you we all need to get this chlorine off our bodies. You have to bodies. get it
4: off your skin because if it dries in, it's very dangerous, you know, yeah. to your skin. Especially if you're sensitive. It's the same as, what, the hand sanitizers. is another thing we came across because, like, realistically with the eczema, we were told that if you have, if it's over 50, 60% alcohol, you shouldn't be using it on sensitive skin Yes, like, if you go into a shop, if you don't use it, like, I stopped using it on my kid's skin because I'm afraid that they're going to have flare-ups because yeah. it's, it's highly dangerous, you know.
3: Well, well the other thing about the sanitizer, and again, yeah. we, we must all use it as often as we can when we but can't get the opportunity.
4: If are sensitive, you know. Yeah, but all dangerous.
3: sorts of different kinds.
4: You don't know some what's of it some is oily,
3: of some of it isn't. Yeah. Some of it smells like you, you, you'd, you'd fail a breathalyzer test just for sniffing the stuff.
4: That's what I'm saying. Like, it's really, like, literally, some of it I'd say you'd nearly be, you know, high on it because it's that strong, you know? To mm. be quite honest. And, like, that's the other side of it. Like, you're kind of being enforced for the kids even to use it. And, like, when my children have eczema, I don't want to be putting it on their skin. Yeah. Because if they break out in infections, who's going to take the responsibility?
0: You
3: no. Know? Now, now there's no blame to the swimming no. pool people because no. they've been told they've open been the, told the pool but don't use the showers. Guys,
4: right? Yeah. You know, and I'm mad because I just think who makes the who puts in these measures? Like it's just draconian measures that are put in. It's just it's not for their health. You know, it's just ridiculous. Like, and mm. I mean, I'm just angry because my son couldn't sleep for the last couple of nights. Yeah. Because he's in so much pain. How cool. is he
3: now? Did the doctor yeah. give him something?
4: He's on he's on antibiotics, antihistamines and he's on other creams but to be quite honest, he's still red raw because the blisters are all they all burst basically, God. you know. It's really sore like, you know. And he should the thing is it could have been prevented. That's the thing. If he just had was able to have a shower, he would not have came out in the threat. Yeah, yeah. You know
3: I d I'm I'm look, if anyone medical and can explain to me what's yeah. wrong with having a shower after a swim, I'd be only too delighted to hear from them.
4: I would too, put them on to me.
3: <laughs> do you know what the problem yeah. is? And again, there is no blame here to, to no, anyone with a leisure centre goes, or a swimming pool. Yeah. They're, they're being told no. what to do.
4: That's why I wouldn't name the, the play, you know the swimming pool because no. it's unfair to them. Because if they were told they need to do this, and literally, like, I mean, it just has to, something has to change, you know. Yeah. It just can't go on. Like cause, I mean, there will be other children and other adults with sensitive skin will have the same, they'll find they'll be in the same predicament as I've been in. Because people
3: can't wait to get back into a pool.
4: I mean, my kids, everything, to be fair, like, was closed for once I mean, everything for the kids, it's exciting for them to going in, back into the pool, yeah. doing different, even to go to a playground, yeah. you know. I mean, as we were told at the start, like, realistically, some of the playgrounds, I feel they shouldn't have been closed, and other things shouldn't have been closed. Yeah. Because we were told the kids were spreaders, and then they weren't. And then the kids suffered, like, mentally as well, you know. Which even with the hand washing, it's getting obsessive. Like my well, the three year old and I have to stop her from hand washing. You know, yeah. I mean, it's getting like the effects on the kids is like do, they know even going back to school. It's, really, they need a lot of help. You know, seeing
3: as you bring it up, Gillian, yeah, they're due back to school, and I'll use my little ready reckoner here.
4: Fingers crossed.
3: Yeah, they're due back to school in twenty six days' time. They are. Yeah. How do you feel about sending them back?
4: I'm actually quite nervous, to be honest. Like, they are dying to get back to see all their friends and teachers and everything. But you know what? We had this isolation room came up and my older boy now, who's a guy who was sick at the moment, he was even a bit anxious about this because we were told there's going to be an isolation room. Like, if you have asthma, like we all have asthma, you're going to be coughing and you know at certain times and you're going to be choked up. But yes, if you have any signs, like, you know, of COVID signs even, that the kids are going to be put into an isolation room which I feel strongly it's wrong it's you know taking the child out away waiting for the parents if you're, for instance a parent is working away it could take an hour before the parents get back and their school are supposed to call the HSC, which I find it's a bit intimidating to be quite honest you know
5: do
3: you want me to ask I, I may have a yeah. I think I've Nick Dr. Nick Flynn coming on about another issue okay. later on this morning. I might ask him what the problem is with taking yeah. a shower, given yeah. that we were used we were told from the start that soap mm-hmm. kills this thing.
4: Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. All right, Thanks. Gillian. And Hi, I Gillian. hope he's okay I hope he's okay soon. That's Gillian I don't know who contacted us. Anyone come across that? Is it across the board? Are you able to go for a swim and, and not a shower? And can someone please explain why? You know, when you shower, you're using soap. We we were told from day one, those little bubbles, those little tiny bubbles that come up when you use soap or shower gel or shampoo, those little bubbles, they contain a chemical. That chemical, I don't know what the name of it is, I think it's called stearate, something like that. It's toxic to the virus. It breaks up the virus. So why on earth is there a ban on a shower after a swim? doesn't make sense to me. If someone else can make it make sense, I'd be only too delighted to hear from them. 1850 715
2: 996 This is Quartz Gold Imro Award winning talk show The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan Call
6: us now. 1850
3: 715 996 On Quartz 96 FM uh, the the plot thickens, or, or as they say, the thick plottings. Lorraine, you guys went to Leisure World Bishopstown, was it? Good morning.
7: We, good morning, PJ. We did. We went there last Thursday night, and um, I bought the three of them out, and uh, we had a great time. The, the pool was very quiet, no fairness, but um, we, we we were allowed to take showers afterwards, PJ. Um, only that every second shower was closed, you know?
3: Right, for a bit of distancing, so had, I suppose.
7: Yeah, yeah. they had the, the tape in between each um, second shower. Right, right. Okay. I, I, cause I just, I like that. You now, listen to that girl and um, her little fella. It is very important when you get out of the shower. And,
3: out of the pool, rather. Yeah. Yeah. Some people, look, some people can swim in a chlorinated pool and it has no effect on them. No. For most people, it were advised at least lightly shower it off. Where's the problem
7: no i well, I know that there was no we weren't they weren't allowed to wash their hair or anything like that, but they oh. they were certain they were allowed to um show off oh,
3: that makes even worse that makes even less
7: sense
3: it was, yeah. I, w- w- were you nervous going there anyway
7: um i I don't think I was uh, to be honest with you um I wasn't really they were and when it, when it, when we got there, it was actually extremely quiet, so we nearly had the whole pool to ourselves yeah. No, there was there were swimmers in the lane, swimming, single swimmers, and stuff. But like we were just the only family in the pool.
3: Yeah, there's two pools out there. Were you using the main pool or the back pool?
7: We were using the main pool. The kiddies' pool the, was uh, was was blocked off, and the back pool was off as well. So with right. the little pool.
3: Right, right. Because the kids, yeah, the kids' pool is yep. usually yeah. And that 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 cause that you were using the the 25 meter pool. Yeah,
7: that's and, it. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. How, how the kids must have been delighted to get back in
7: there, though, were they? Oh, they were in there. I, I think the, the session was nearly two hours, the and they were in there for a good. We got out for uh, about 15 minutes before the two hours was up.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, um, do, do they like the pool anywhere? Like, would they be regular visitors?
7: They, do, they love the water, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, like that, I suppose everywhere is different, really. And I think, like the guys, that, the, the, the staff out there were fantastic cleaning around, and, you know, if you left. Items of clothing. I think my daughter left her jacket there, uh, just and it was gone within two seconds. Yeah. And um, so they were, they were like literally on top of you, following you around It did feel a bit straight I, I, I would have noticed it, but the kids wouldn't have. You know that kind of. I do. I do.
3: All right.
7: Lorraine thanks no, for that. Cheers. No problem, but you were allowed to
3: yes. use the showers, but only every second one, but you couldn't wash your hair. No, were you no, able to use soap it. like you, or were you just using uh, the water?
7: No, I think that I oh yeah, I had asked that before I went, there. what was the uh, in relation to the guidelines and this yeah. they just said um no tar- no showers um anything or hair. You couldn't wash your hair. You weren't allowed to wash your hair.
3: Sorry, it makes um, no sense. Or makes no sense. Soap, soap is toxic to this thing. Like, why why we can't use soap in the shower? Is, that's just another mystery. Lorraine, thank you. says, Call on the phone, thinks she knows where the showers have been shut off. The shower areas are normally very humid and warm, which a lot of experts speculate is associated with COVID. It's uh, safe, safer than sorry principle. They also have people possibly panting from exercise or the change in temperature, and they tend to have queues for the showers, Humid conditions might be the main reason. The only thing about that collar is it's humid. It's more humid in and around the pool itself. Well I take your point. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. Sean says they're communal showers. They can't sanitize them between uses. Don't bring your kids swimming in a pandemic if they have bad skin. Soap kills the virus, Sean. Understand that soap and water and kills the virus, so that's you're sanitizing the shower as you're taking a shower eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six some other wise guy says due to social distancing, there's now no water in lanes one, four or six of the pool. but tish Now we were talking about the pubs yesterday, and the must say, the listeners to the program and people following my Twitter and the opinion line Twitter generally felt that the Taoiseach was right on Monday when he announced, or was it Tuesday, I've lost track of the day, that the pubs will not open again until the 31st at least. And I not, I wouldn't be going down to Petty Powers or any other betting office laying money that they will open on the 31st either. Uh, the pubs are, are having a hard time of it, and we talked to some publicans yesterday about how, how annoyed they are, and where, and how they worry, many of them worry, for the future of their businesses. Ted, good morning to you.
8: Hello, how you doing? How how are
3: you? So twice they've been deferred now, and it'll possibly happen again at the end of the month. Not on, you say?
8: It's not on, it'll probably go into the new year, looking at the way he's talking, um, the t-shirt, you know. But my point, my argument is that um, phase four was for everybody to open up, which is next Monday. Which they should have applied to everybody, which was the Bristol bars, the off licenses, and the pubs that's selling food. Basically in a nutshell. Everything should have been shut down that time. And I think everything would have probably opened on that Monday because they're on about the younger people are getting the coronavirus. This is because the social distance isn't happening. So the T shirt is telling us go to an off licence, buy drink, go home, drink, but social distance. That's not going to happen. Go up to College Road, you'll see it every night. It's not going to happen. In people's homes, it's not happening. In a bar, they can manage it. Now, there is bars that are open that are selling food. Mm. Some bars are not giving food, they're giving receipts and they're giving drink.
3: Well, there's loads of places doing deals with the Pizza Hut up the road or, or the chipper d- Yeah, around, but, around the but the cling up,
8: but the cling up, but the cling up there is then, is that I just found out last night, and I think I just confirmed it this morning. So if I go into a pub this morning and I buy you breakfast, I can stay in the bar for as long as I want. In that case, no, you can't. You can. You I'm can't. That's What's the distance of staying in the bar? You tell me. You've
3: hundred and five. You've hundred
8: and five. I was changed. I was on twist list this morning. Does that mean change? You can stay as long as you want once you get your food in the bar. Careful now about Check saying
3: it. that, Ted, because people are going Check out booking. Wait a minute. We will. We absolutely will. But people, people, and are going as well, out. and Hold as well as that, let me let me just say something people are going out now booking for the weekend for a yeah, bit of I dinner see. and a couple of drinks and, and yeah, what you're saying that's genuine. That's genuine.
8: Say- hang on a while now hang on a while. you see you have two different drinkers you have a, you have a drinker and you people that go out for a meal and have a drink and go home yeah. that's grand keep the restaurants open but close the pub Bristol Bowers because they should have been closed as well as the bars. I've nothing against the Bristol Bowers if they're open they're making money if they're doing well let right. look to them But the law is wrong, one for one and one for the other. So you're saying all the pubs
3: should be closed and all all open at the same time?
8: All open at the same time, basically. And as well as that, this guy, um, uh, Minister Michael McGrath, who was supposed to be the man that I always looked up to, I'm not from that side of the city, Mm. but I always looked up to him. And here he is now, and he's on about, he's going to help out the publicans. My point is that I know there's about 12 publicans already that applied for the grant through the Cox City Council. Okay. Right? They applied for it at the end of March. They got emails sent out in July saying they there have to um, confirmed that they'll get it. They're still waiting for it. They sent in emails to the Cox City Council in the last four days and they sent another email. Now you have to get on to the financial part of the Cox City Council. They've been pushed back all the time. These pubs are closed for five months going into six months. No, I just calculated my bar. Three and a half thousand been taken out of that bar without no money going over the counter. Simple reason. You have your, your rates, Oh sorry, you have your water rates and you have your ESB. These bills are still coming in. Have rates the not been paused? No, the rates have been paused, but not the water rates.
3: Okay. But sure, if and you're closed, the, you're not using any
8: water. You're can't, but I got a bill for 385. But you're
3: closed How could you I'm closed
8: been? this is it I was on them I told them I'm closed for half of the rem- it's every three months quarterly but I got they charged me for half and the other half and I was closed but there's still a connection fee and VAT on top of that <laughs> the same with DESB as well as that I got on the air with my mobile landline and the internet I can't get a cut off because I'm on a contract with them for two years so if I disconnected, they'll have me in court and they'll win in court and i will probably paying 500 quid. and probably pay my sister the same thing. So everything is coming in. You have the insurance below there. So everything adds up when it go along. The government having a clue what they're doing and what they're doing. Then they're telling people or giving a grant. I'd love to get Michael uh, McGrath and ask him the question, why aren't you doing this, helping us? You're the man that's supposed to be the man, the man. He's not now. He's not in my books anymore because he's after letting us down big time because he's a minister now. He can get this started. He's not doing nothing about it. No, I take, the, I take it on the chin. If the bars are open and getting food in there, best look to them, drive on. And I know it, some are complaining, some aren't complaining. I'm not opening my doors. I'll open when I'm supposed to open. I'll obey the law. But my problem is, a load of bars are after ringing me in the last twenty-four hours, and they're telling me they're all going to open the week after next because well, well,
3: all the well, 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 we can't we, we can't in, endorse that if they decide to do that. That's a matter for themselves. But what, what kind of bar do you have? Is it a small little pub it's, or what? It's
8: it's a medium bar, a man's bar. People are going to the bar in the morning, sit down and have their few pints. Mm. These are pensioners that can only afford. And would you would you serve food? Pints. But you're not going to eat food, these guys. Why would they want food? What, would you no, want to get a you, man food you at you half facilitated? ten in the
3: morning? Do you have the
8: facilities? I, do don't have a, I don't have a kitchen. Right. I don't have a fridge. All I have is fridge. But this is the problem the smaller bars have. We, don't, can't, we can't do it. The only way we can get food in is get food in from a, a takeaway, a chipper. Get on up to four o'clock, most of them. Right. My bars are half ten bar till probably seven or eight o'clock at night. And then the other clinger... You had your man, Stephen Donnelly, who was supposed to be a guy that was always against Fianna again and Fianna The five. Minister for Health, yeah. The Minister for Health. Here he is with Mr McCullough on prime, prime time. And he turns around and he says to him, um, Mr McCullough turns around and he says to him, what about people getting nine-hour receipts, getting no food, and what about people that are staying there longer than an hour and a half? He turns around and he goes, oh, we know what's going on. We're going to shut the bars now at 11 o'clock. Hang on a wait. The bars close at half eleven. So that means if a guy goes into a bar at night in the dark, this guy's going to a bar at half a He's to get his time and his drink. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense whatsoever. I've been and in
3: in Barry's and Douglas a couple of times since... Well, that's a restaurant. That was all with food. Yeah, but wait a second. Wait a second. I was in there one night and, and Different we, had, drinkers. we had booked for... We had booked for... Well, it's both a pub and a restaurant. We, we had booked for, we'll say, whatever time, half eight, quarter to nine. And the, the four of us went out and, and my wife and son went off home around quarter past ten. Myself and my daughter were still finishing dessert and stuff. And, and I asked at half ten could we get another drink and I said, sorry, the kitchen's closed so we've got to stop serving drink. Those are those rules. So 11 o'clock doesn't actually matter. As soon as the kitchen's gone, the no, drink
8: no, is no, gone. No, 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 no. You see, you missed the point altogether. You're missing the point. This is the public house. Barry's is for food. Barry's wouldn't, like, there's a lot of barrels well, out, like, out, out there. But, no, 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 no. Listen, listen to me. Okay, I mean on, to say it. I know, I on, know. You don't know. Right? You don't know. Don't we know. know. Right? You go into Barry's and get your meal You want it? you go home. Well, you're no good to me and my bar. I want a man that sits down and has a drink and enjoys his pint, plays his game of cards, plays his rings, plays his darts. No better Google Ted, by is, the way. I do that when, too when, when I can if do if you it. want that, you come into the lakes of our and you'll have a better time. And I, and I but, do but, frequent bars like you all the time. But my, but my, but my, point, but my point is that don't be pushing up the big bars at all. Worry about the smaller bars. That we're the ones that are suffering as well. No, I'm not Didn't here. You spend any, about any, any, I don't want no help from anybody. All I'm just saying is that it's about time someone spoke up for the public in a proper, in a proper manner. And my point is that there's elderly people in our area that drink, that like to come down there for their pint. They have their shift work. They come into the bar. They come in the morning. They get their bus home. They come back down again at three times a few pints and they play the game at. Don't bother anybody. These people are going home for. They didn't want to come back for their pints when enjoy their day. That's how they're doing. I just thought distance is better than the second. younger
3: Ted, people. Ted, Ted, those, by the way, are my favourite kind of pub. <laughs> Let's be very clear about so that. So Can I
8: ask you something? Yeah. What was the difference of you with your family sitting down, having a meal and a drink when a, an old pensioner man or a middle-aged man or a 30 year old man sitting down having a pint by the fire having a game of cards, mm. chatting away, harming nobody. Could you please answer the question? I don't see I any I'd love to get Micheal Martin and, and did, the phone. Uh, I'm, so I'm, so I'm not, I not a
3: Hang on, hang on, Ted. And as I'm well as that, Micheal Martin out... Hang on, Micheal Martin brought
8: out... He's worried about... Micheal Martin turned around and he said that he's more worried about the schools and he's more worried about the education, the whole lot, yeah. right? Go up the college road tonight, tell him, and go into second, every second house up there and i they're not drinking, they're all out of their heads from drink, they're not social distancing. And he has a cheek to turn around and say that the bars unreal to do it. But they can go into their own houses with their renting where their parents are not around them, but their drink that was an ongoing thing for 25, 30 years. It's, he it's should so, know.
3: You asked me a question a few a couple of seconds ago and it's so long ago you didn't let me answer it. What did you want me what did you want to ask me again?
8: The question was if you were inside in a bar with your family having a meal and a drink, what's the difference of a man sitting in a car having a pint having a game of cards?
3: And my, Could you please... The, well, but, well, Well, let me answer. The answer I was attempting to give you was, I don't know, but I'm oh, not... Oh, you don't know? Listen a minute, will you let me... Hang finish? on a
8: way. No, hang on a way. No, Hang on, no, no, that's the wrong answer you Ted, gave. If you answer... Well, like, I haven't no, no, finished no, the answer, me. Ted. Hang on a while, no. what well, the answer is yes or no. Can
3: like I, you're like a politician, you know. Let you're me like a politician. answer the question... And you just me- did? No, I didn't. You said you don't know? <laughs> no, you jumped in before I had my question answered. Well, I'm
8: a forward man.
3: I'm, so- I'm a right hean a Well, team well of back, back a second. I'm sorry. Back, back a second. Right? And I'll answer the question. You asked me the difference between somebody sitting, having a meal and a couple of drinks, mm. and the guy sitting at the bar with his harmless pint. Yeah. He's entitled to be there. You asked mm. me did I see the difference. My mm. answer... And it's this. I don't know, Ted, but I'm not a public health expert.
8: <laughs> well, how could it be? I got a while, though. Listen, this is the point I'm trying to get through to everybody. Right. Public health. So you can go into a house, 20 people and 15 people, go on into the off-license, buy your drink, go into the supermarkets, get your cheap drink, go on away home. Do you know where I am? Just people drinking on the streets at the moment because there's no bars opened. And they never drank on the streets in their lives. And now you're telling me that the health issues of it all. I'm not telling you I know anything. how many times I get like Well, you, you, you see, because you, you're, you you're not in it. You know what you're doing. You're doing a good job in what you do. And I like your show. My point is that we know what we're doing. But there's a lot of publicists out there don't have, as I say, the B-A-L-L-S to talk about it. Can I, I also
3: do. say something to you, Ted? I have, and I have expressed many times, complete sympathy. For publicans like you, well, we don't want sympathy. We want. Well, I can't do anything. I can't do anything for you. Well, hang
8: on a while now, right? The government what's going, but I tell you what's going to happen. What will happen eventually. Majority of the bowels out there, and I, t- I take my hat off to the guy in Limerick that opened his bow that time above Newcastle. He didn't last him, but, he was shut down again. Yeah, but if everybody followed him, the government would have nothing to do but shut down all the bowels. No, I'm not here to shut down bowels. I'm not into that game at all. Everybody has to live, and I'm a fair man that way. And what they're doing out there, they're doing food. Best of luck to them, they're grand. But they shouldn't be doing it to the ordinary pub because now what's going to happen, all the other bars are going to follow. They might not apply by the rules 100%. They might make, you might they might they make a bit of a mistake here and there with receipts, whatever. It's going to cause fusion. And what will happen eventually, the government are going to step in and open them all or close them mm. all. Because that's what's going to happen on the road eventually. Because well, did did you, see, have did to you see what
3: happened in Aberdeen yesterday? Aberdeen has gone back into lockdown. Because yeah, they've had, well, wait a minute, they've had 57 cases in the last number of days, yeah, yeah, and yeah. when they did their contact tracing, they found there was 26 pubs involved, or 27 pubs yeah. involved. So yeah, they shut everything down again. Yeah. Do we really want to drive ourselves back into lockdown?
8: Hang on a wait, hang on a wait. That's my point from the Voice. start when come on your radio show. That's what I'm saying to you. They shouldn't have been open in the first place. We should have been left to go to four, phase four. All bars, this stuff, has, Restaurant. No, I had no problem with the restaurant once there was no drink been served there because people can manage people that don't drink. They should have no off-licens open. They should have no drinks been sold in supermarkets. They should have everything to do do with drink or alcohol because people, when they get drunk, can't. They can't social distance from each other because you're drunk, you're trying to stop them from social distancing. It's very hard to do in a bar or at home, my point is they should have stuck to the plan, phase four, open up phase four. Shut if the it didn't off license as is what you wanted. Well, shut down everything. No, i said at the time. At the time, at the very, very start, nothing should have been opened. Phase four should have opened, and every and then, if it didn't work, and if it did go the way it did, like now, then shut down everything again. But why should the bars on their own be penalised for the other ones that are open, and the other ones that caused us to not open?
3: Okay. Ted, I actually hope against hope that you can get to open your bar ASAP. Oh, he's gone. Thank you, Ted. I do. I genuinely hope he can get to open his bar ASAP, because it sounds like a nice place for a jar. 1850 715 Sean wants to know under what public health advice in the world are people meant to be drinking at 10 a.m.? Republicans seem to believe politicians are out to get them and shut them all down. But if they're feeding drink to people throughout the day, then no wonder. Well, Siobhan, I'm not entirely sure. Is it ten or twelve you can serve a pint (laughs) now? I'm not a morning drinker. Is it ten or twelve you can serve a pint? Like, if a fellow wants a pint at half ten in the morning, give it to him. I don't care. Uh, Dee says Ted is being rude. Uh, Ted is being rude. She's stressed listening to him. We're all trying to understand the new pandemic. Very narrow-minded. He ain't listening. He needs to suck a lemon. (laughs) That's grand. I have a button. I have a button that allows me to finish my question, but I don't like using it. Poor Teddy. So poor Teddy's frustrated. I feel from as do I, Monica. As do I. I have absolute sympathy for Ted. Poor Ted. It's affecting him. It's his livelihood. Come on. He's hurt. He has a point. He has an absolutely got a point. But turning on me ain't going to solve his problems. Agrees with the man on the radio. Says Bridie never drank in her life. If the bars are closed, the restaurants serving alcohol should be too. It's a disgrace. He's also right about the house parties and the poor older man that just wants to sit down and have a pint. I'm raging over it. I can hardly speak. I'm so angry. Caller agrees. He's right about the older people who just want a pint. There was a wedding in Spring Lane at the weekend. A 15-year-old and 16-year-old went to Belfast to get married. Really? The marquee was there for three days. No social distancing and there's a cluster in the travelling community now. That man has a very valid point about the house parties. Caller has been cocooning for months and now this she knows he's a businessman and he's upset about his business but he's right, they've made a very bad decision because the older people have nothing just look at College Road, let's check up on something that Ted said because he said something and I wasn't able to challenge him on it, he claims that according to a solicitor he's spoken to, that the 105 minutes thing is gone by the board we need to clarify that because we have a duty to Suss so, so, out the facts here. We'll try to do that next. 185715996. You're on Thursday's opinion line. Jerry says, Hi, PG. A restaurant is controlled as the restaurant takes bookings only and can maintain social distancing. The pub, on the other hand, deals with people that walk in off the street, and historically, people don't social distance. And that is the concern. A lot of sympathy for Ted. Can I say again? I absolutely sympathise with him. But he was trying to get stuck in me for his grief with the government we'll try and clarify this next this is Courts
2: Gold Imro Award winning talk show The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan
6: text or WhatsApp now 0833
3: 396 96 96 on Courts 96 FM To be completely fair to Ted, his problem is he sees the unfairness of it all, that the big super pubs with their restaurant licenses can open and he can't. And you have to sympathize with him on that. But let's go to the thing he brought up where he said that according to a solicitor he's been talking to, once you buy food in the bar, you can now stay there for as long as you want. Which goes against but we were led to believe that it's got to be 105 minutes. Michael O'Donovan from the Vinters Federation. I know Michael, you're on your way to a meeting, so I won't detain you. Uh, what is the story? Good morning.
9: Good morning, PJ. Um, yes, look, I suppose there was there is a sl- slight bit of confusion on this. And um, Fault Ireland, look, the document that they issued for guidelines, it's been updated um, a couple of times since it was issued, and um, what it actually says, I've it here in front of me. Um, if you want me just to read the the, the specific section I'd, I'd be obliged
3: if you would
1: yeah.
9: right it says if all mitigation re- requirements have been met and physical distancing is reduced to one metre pre-booked time limited slots must be in place for customers which are a maximum of 105 minute duration plus a minimum of 15 minutes between bookings in order to allow for adi- adequate adequate cleaning and to allow customers to leave and enter without mixing. But then the next piece is the piece, I think that's the uh, pertinent piece, time-limited slots of 105-minute duration are not a requirement if physical distancing of two metres is maintained. So if the, like a lot of the bigger venues here in the city, I know having spoken to a lot of them over the last two weeks, have gone for the two-metre, physical distancing because the, the time slot of 105 minutes then mm. is not required. We'd
3: want a right big place to do that because that's a, a colossal amount of area needed between tables.
9: Yeah, but, that, but that's why I say the bigger venues have done this. The, say say a bar like mine, um, the Castle in South Main Street, mm. very difficult to do two metres because the amount of people we'd have in the place if we were to get open would be negligible, I think we, if we measured it out we 'd have fourteen people in the bar if we had to do two meters where if we go up to one meter or go down to one meter um, we 'd be up around thirty six people so there 's a big difference between the one meter and two meter for capacity in a bar, but as I said, the bigger venues. Um, they're able to do the the two meter social distancing, and right. if they want, then the the one hour and five minutes is not a requirement.
3: So that uh, that's 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 something that that's worth noting. That if you can if you can if the publican can guarantee the two meters, the time limit doesn't apply. Yes, and
9: that was updated. I I I, I think it was the eleventh of July. That was the the document's been updated three times. I think PJ, since it was issued, uh, the 5th of July, the 6th of July, and I think the 11th of July, I don't have the full...
3: That's okay, you've, you've, you've clarified. In fairness, it, it turns out that Ted has, has a strong point. Yes, I, well I, I didn't hear
9: Ted on the, the radio this morning I'm afraid, but... Um... Well, what
3: Ted said, Michael, was that he's been told by a solicitor that in, 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 in the big restaurant bars, the, the 105 minutes doesn't apply. Now, he's not completely right, but if you can guarantee the two metres, it doesn't.
9: Yeah, yes, it, it's, it doesn't. And look, I know from speaking to the proprietors of some of the bigger bars here in the city, they are operating under the two metre uh, uh, social distancing rule.
3: All right. Thanks for that. I appreciate your time. I'll let you get to your meeting. That's Michael O'Donovan of the Vintners Federation. Uh, just clarifying that. So, listen, lads, tis as... Here, Ted is back on two. Ted! You, you, you were right. Yeah, there you in go, fairness
8: my friend. To... What did I do? I wouldn't say something unless I knew it, my friend. I don't know my history.
3: But you'll appreciate I that I needed to clarify.
8: I know that, but my point is, everything and that everything that I said to you, I'm telling the truth. My point is, we I've been left in limbo, and I know my own heart and soul Once There's a seat in front of a guy in a bar, and he's drinking, and he's finished up with his food. They're going to be there for three or four or five hours. You can put your pound to a penny on it. Now, best to look to the bars that do it. Yeah. I'm not going to do it because I think I might get into trouble you with the You wouldn't be able to do
3: it if you have a little uh, place.
8: Well, well, the point is, you'd be able to do it all right, because you could try my little... Remember this now. People have backyards as well. They'd be putting bins out to side to make room for another three fellas. Fellas will do everything in a loophole... To get this over the line, there to get it. a few money to pay their way. You know it and I know it. And if there's the, a will, they're going to do it. My point is, why should we then, the guys are obeying by the law, doing what we're supposed to do, mm. and now the government are pushing out against the bigger barsmen again?
3: You, you, you feel hard done by. And, I and don't it, feel it hard uh, by. Do
8: you know what I feel by? I just think it's a total disgrace for our government. And to be fair, our t now is a cock man. Stand up, nobody, and be good for us, you know. Me, out a nice man, met him at a lot of GA games. I don't know him personally. Came across as a good guy. He's the only worried about uh, uh, school. Well, Yeah,
3: he like Leo before him only has to do what Nefert advises. And uh, yeah, but and,
8: Nefert advises him so that you, as my point, Nefert advises him go into an off licence, go home and drink, do what you want, and go into a uh, go into a pub. Now it's a bigger bar, but once you get your food, you have your, your receipt. You can stay there for as long as you want. Should they be farming out the door now, fellas They'd be delighted. That's that's music to the bars that are open now doing food. And that's why I told you this morning earlier on that those other bars, small bars, are gonna go do the same thing and they're gonna hope and pray that the guards don't come in and top them. When they do, what's gonna happen? I don't know. I don't wanna go down that road because 'cause would be afraid to do that. I have a bar that I could do it, but I'd be afraid to just in case that if I'm not there and the staff are not complaining to what they're supposed to do, it'll fall back in me, I lose the license, not them. Will that's be, my problem. To we can have friends, thank you very much. But always remember ask a question, yes or no. Don't ever go by the government side. Thank you very much. And I'm not having I to go, doing off that. Not having go off you. I'm not having to go off you. I'm not having to go off you. You're right. a nice lad. You made a great point, but your point is wrong. If you're in a bar with your family and I'm in a bar with my family having a drink and you're having food, there's no difference in the pub, my friend. Thank you.
3: Cheers, bye, Ted. Bye. Thank you. I have every sympathy, as I said again, for Ted because he's in a terrible situation and he's right. And we've had it clarified by Michael from the Vintners Federation. So this hundred and five minutes that we were all told about. That you have your bit of food and you can have your couple of drinks and then after 105 minutes you have to vacate the table and the next booking comes in and it's to limit your time in the pub and all of that. If you can guarantee and if you're a big pub and you can guarantee two metres between each table and that's two metres on each side so that's a lot of space. You'd nearly have to shout at the next table which you're not allowed to shout anyway because... if you can guarantee two metres, the 105 minutes doesn't apply. Well, that's something you didn't know yesterday, did you? Every day is a school day in this game. 1850-715-996. Nice little bit of light-hearted fun uh, and brightening up someone's day with cake. We all know the importance of cake. There are many things in life that are important. Very few of them are more important than cake francisca good morning
7: good morning
3: i love this idea everyone deserves a birthday cake tell me about
10: it thanks so my name is francisca and i'm from considerate cakes we are an initiative which started to bake cakes for people in need so people in emergency accommodations their provision centers and Just people who don't have um, the facilities or the money to bake a cake. Because as you said, everyone deserves a birthday cake on their special day.
3: So you just make a cake for someone and get it to them?
10: Yes. So we started two months ago in Dublin. And since then, so many people reached out to us. It's really nice. So right now we're 70 bakers. And we are able to bake cakes in four different cities. So in Dublin, Cork, Limerick, and Galway. And yeah, people contact me. Because, of and course,
3: baking, people went mad baking during lockdown.
10: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think that was a big part of it as well, because so many people have time and everyone loves baking. And it's nice because you can try out um, lots of things mm-hmm. and you make people so happy. It's such a nice feeling to see that you brighten up someone's day with something so small for us and actually fun to do as well.
3: Right. So if you know somebody in need uh, who can't afford or their family can't afford a cake for them, you, how do we get on
1: to you?
10: Yeah, there's many ways. We have a website. We have an Instagram page, a Facebook page. People can call or text me. So our name is Consider It Cakes. Um, so just look up... uh uh, look us up on Facebook or Instagram, nice. and our website is everyone deserves a birthday cake. Uh, dot Okay,
3: and are you looking for more bakers?
10: So, actually, right now we are overwhelmed by all the people who texted us. So, we have enough bakers in Dublin and Cork, in Limerick and Galway, where we're still looking for bakers. So, right okay. now we really need people to raise awareness. That's more important because Um, As you can imagine, it's not that easy to get the message to the right people. Um, About how
3: many people have been able to help out so far?
10: Um, So in general, we have 70 bakers. We have um, 30 in Cork, which is um, great. And in total, we have 35 um, birthdays within the last two months. So it's been really great. And we made some people really, really happy. Good, good, good.
3: They tell me here that you have a strong Cork connection yourself.
10: Yes, so I started this um, initiative with my boyfriend, um, Dara, and he's from Cork. So we were really happy to expand to Cork because this idea started really small. I did never think that so many people want to get involved. And I thought I just going to bake a cake once a week uh, for someone. And then there were so many requests and so many people who wanted to join. That we were able to expand to Cork. And now it's really great that we can um, do this in the hometown of my right. boyfriend as well.
3: So if anybody, like a homeless person or an asylum seeker or someone without a cooking facility has got a birthday coming up or a birthday for a loved one, I can imagine thinking of people, moms and dads, who maybe living in emergency accommodation. They can't cook or bake a cake rather for, for, for a kid on their birthday. You can do that. Single parents who don't have facilities, they can just get in and look up. Is it everyone deserves a birthday cake and find you on Facebook?
10: Exactly. And it's also for people who just don't have the facilities or don't have the money. So it's not just homeless people and direct provision. It's really for everyone who can't get a birthday cake on their birthday because right. of like money issues or they can't bake. They don't have an oven. So we don't want to exclude anyone right. who wouldn't be able, especially okay. for kids.
3: That's fantastic. Francisco, we'll, we'll mention it again after the news. That's such a lovely Lovely idea. Uh, Everyone deserves a birthday cake. And Francisca and her 70 volunteers are baking up and down the country for people who can't bake for themselves. And what's more, it's free. The Opinion Live with
2: PJ Coogan on Courts 96 FM.
3: Caller has a solution for some of the smaller pubs that are struggling with distance. Particularly the ones that have opened for food, but have to chuck people out after 105 minutes because they can't do two meters. Caller says if you can get a bus, it mightn't even have to be roadworthy. Just park it outside in a car park and put tables into it. You'll be able to fit extra customers in that way. <laughs> Rachel, Sarah, hi Rachel. Uh, Ted says or she says Ted is hilarious to listen to more power to him. He's passionate about his point and about his business. He's all of that. He's all of that. I, I think he thought I was gin him for a second which I wasn't. I'm just not of public health expert. 1850 is the number. The text or WhatsApp is 083-396-9696. The email for the show is opinion at 96fm.ie. Twitter is at opinionline96. And, of course, the hashtag is OL96. You can contact us also through Facebook. Go to the Corks 96fm Facebook page and address your message, if you would, please, for the attention of the opinion line. We... Um, Mary sent us in a lengthy text. I need to read through it and come back to it about her own experience in in various bars and pubs around town since they opened. I'm just going to go through it. I'll read it in in a wee while. Uh, On the showers in the swimming pools. Remember Gillian's call uh, kicked us off on the programme this morning. Her lad went swimming the other day and wasn't allowed to have a shower afterwards. And he's had some kind of eczema-type reaction, presumably to the chlorine in the pool. And now he's all sore, and, and, and she says he should have been allowed to have a shower. We're kind of wondering why he wasn't. And then it took a call from Lorraine. Uh, Lorraine's young lads were at the Leisure World, last week in Bishopstown, and they were allowed to have a shower, although they weren't allowed to wash their hair. We're kind of wondering, why can't you have a shower after you have a swim in a pool, given that you're using soap in the shower? And we were told that soap is the best way to get this virus off your body. That's why we're all washing our hands until they're down to the bone. Keep the virus off your hands. And soap does that. I have Dr Nick Flynn coming on later on this morning and I'll ask him about that. He may have an opinion. 1850 715 996. I heard Deirdre referring to this the other morning and we said we'd be getting back to it. Um, The number of premature babies born during lockdown, or the lockdown months, or the restricted months, is well down on the average period in other years. We, and of course, we need to find out why that is. It's not, and it's not just a coincidence, it seems to have happened widespread. Now, Deirdre was postulating that maybe it's down to air pollution and down to the fact there were no cars, no buses, and no transport. And maybe that was was part of it. We don't know, but certainly it has been noticed and the research is starting. Professor Roy Phillip is a paediatrician and neonatologist at the University of Maternity Hospital in Limerick. Professor Phillip, good morning to you.
11: Good morning, PJ. Thank you for having me.
3: Delighted. It's an interesting observation. Um, Now we have to find out the cause because it could be anything, couldn't it? It it could be anything. At
11: this stage, uh, we don't have any magic exact answers as to why it is, but uh, we observed uh, this very interesting and fascinating finding starting in late March. Uh, and since our publication or pre-publication I must correct at this stage and uh, almost a simultaneous one from Denmark it has sparkled such a widespread discussion around the world and um, it is for the scientific community to find out what is the mechanism behind this
3: Now by what proportion has has it fallen can you say? Yeah that's
11: that's that's what is puzzling us um we have the data in Limerick um for the last twenty years of very small preterm babies. When I say that, I'm talking about babies below one thousand five hundred grams and below one thousand grams of birth weight. They are very premature babies, so we normally uh, for the for the very low birth weight we have about 35 to 55 of such babies are born every year in Limerick for the last 20 years. <sighs> this year, just to get an idea, from January up to the end of June, I have five babies. Wow. So that is very difficult to explain by a normal yearly fluctuation, which we normally see about five to 10% or so. And for the tiniest of the babies who are below 1000 grams, we have every year in Limerick somewhere between 12 to 16. And this year, in the first six months of the year, I have one baby. Those are remarkable figures. (laughs) So that's what is the trouble. Whatever is the explanation,
3: and and the research something... you got from Denmark were were their yeah. figures of similar proportion? Yes,
11: yeah, that's that's why it sparked such a big hoo ha around the world. Is, um, their their graph and our graph are almost like photocopies. They looked at the national data of Denmark, and they found ninety percent decline. We looked at a regional figure in Ireland and we found 75% decline, or 73 to be precise, uh, for the very low birth weight and near 100% or 95% for the extremely low birth weight. So it's interesting. And just in the last three days, another paper is coming um, from Netherlands. Uh, They are also seeing a decline and uh, I have now contacts from around the world uh, beginning to say they are all seeing different proportions of decline mind you some centres are seeing saying no change right. and some are saying even an increase
3: that's that that happens in statistics i guess but but the, 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 are, do your colleagues uh, nationally and, and internationally have any theories professor
11: um there are various ideas uh, put forward. Uh, we proposed in our first uh, pre-publication about possible or potential or 10 postulations. That's the best way I can say it because our study was not aimed at finding the reasons behind it. It was mainly to look at the, the change in the proportions. So what we postulate based on Previous multiple research from in various aspects is, it could be maternal stress, it could be the work-related stress, it could be commuting, it could be decreased. Uh, In decreased chances of infection during pregnancy because people were looking after their own health, hand hygiene, social distancing, small mm-hmm. children who may be coming home with a lot of infections from crush and play school, everything is closed. Their partner is not going to work. Uh, the, the partner support at home uh, has increased. Better rust, better sleep, uh, better nutrition, um, way better air pollution based on multiple studies from around the world. Yeah. So what, what we think is, if you take each of these items individually, it could be a small contribution. But after so many decades, what we think is this is the most unusual nature's experiment whereby all the factors could be brought together. So we don't know whether it is the cumulative effect of all of these things, and how the pregnant women responded Mm. to these modifiers that made this difference. I Um, I imagine though, as a a scientist,
3: you're you're itching to find out.
11: (laughs) (laughs) That's absolutely uh, perfect, the way you put it, but um, that's why many, many centers are now joining together, Already, to my awareness, two international studies with more than 10 centres have already come together to look at this. And also, it could be variable because there could be one area uh, where, even even through the lockdown, uh, suppose none of the above things we discussed happened for example the stress level for various reasons is remaining the same or uh, or all the factors are remaining the same we may not see a change in that subpopulation we have mm. to wait and see
3: what what would be an interesting uh, angle of study i would have thought uh, professor philip would be to, to look at mothers uh, who who kept working in essential services during lockdown yeah. and look brilliant, at the proportion of that suggestion.
11: Brilliant suggestion. Actually, uh, that, 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 I, I'm very sure that somebody hearing you uh, or uh, some other researcher will look at that because uh, th- that could be that could be the way we. Because see, the why it is important is even though neonatal advances happened, obstetric advances happened, we look after our pregnant women and preterm babies way better than before. One thing we don't have a handle yet after so many years is the rate of prematurity. So if, if our studies and that from Denmark and the other ones going to come over the years is going to give us any additional wisdom in that area, yeah. that will be truly
3: fascinating. If you could compare the statistics for, for mothers whose lives changed dramatically during yes. lockdown to those... Mm-hmm whose lives didn't change much they had to keep going to work and be extra careful and probably uh, extra stressed yeah, you should be you should be in research <laughs> <laughs> listen great talking to you it's it's one that'll be worth following and we look forward to, to maybe thank talking so again much sometime for having me. thank you thank Cheers. you that's thank professor roy philip from the university maternity hospital in linbrick those are fascinating figures it would be really interesting to find out what the reason yeah this is the old science student in me fascinated by this
2: This is Court's Gold Imro Award winning talk show The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan Text or WhatsApp
0: now
6: 0833 96 96 96
2: On Court's
3: 96 FM Can we, we don't normally do birthday requests on the show but uh, we do one for this particular day, Madge Geary is in the community hospital in Yall. And Mags has what they call a roundy birthday today. A big roundy birthday with two big roundy knots in it. Madge Geary is 100 years old today. Congratulations and happy birthday to you from all the Murphys in Klein. And the uh, check from the president. Spend it wisely. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. You, you might have seen this in the last couple of days, and certainly, um, reading the newspapers and going, what are they telling us now? What are they advising us to do now? Young people. I'm reading from the Sun, but was in all the papers. Young people are said to be asked to choose having online and phone sex. To help curb the spread of COVID-19. I kid you not. And if you don't believe me reading from the sun, read from the other papers. Choose your paper. It was in all of them. The new information campaign branded Play It Safe from the HSE and the Irish Pharmacy Union is designed to stop people having sex if they don't live together. It gets better. It gets better. The campaign suggests that people should consider masturbating, having phone sex or internet sex to avoid close contact. It was also in the Irish Independent they referred to a letter seen a a, a letter from the Irish Pharmacy Union. Now it's bizarre to say the very least but it's also got some people worried. Megan, good morning.
12: Hi, how are you?
3: Good. You're running a petition uh, about revenge porn. Um, I am. and, And you think that this might add to the problem. Tell me your story.
12: So when I, in 2016, I was a victim of revenge porn. Um, I had my photos and videos shared all over the internet, basically all over social media. Had 400 plus messages then telling me to kill myself. This resulted in a severe suicide attempt for me. And then I started working with loads of victims. I brought I brought countless people into the police. And the problem is it's not a law yet. There's was no this laws. after
3: a breakup, was it?
12: No, it wasn't, no. Um, I can't really go into who uh, okay. sent the no matter why.
3: Okay.
7: Uh, okay, It's
12: kind of irrelevant anyway, to be honest. I don't think the issue is actual internet sex because people are going to do it. It's, it's normalised now in our society. I think the issue is that there's not enough education on consent Yeah. and it's not currently recognised as a sexual abuse crime, whereas it is in most other places in the world. Right. We're years behind other countries in terms of revenge porn laws.
3: So, So you were a target for this and and you yeah. ended up getting abusive messages and you ended up sadly making an attempt on your life. I hope you're yeah. well and truly recovered now.
12: Oh I am. I'm just trying to use it to help as many people as possible now to be honest and set up support for victims and get it yeah. passed as a law.
3: And your, your petition is to, to have it made a criminal offence?
12: Yeah, it was originally proposed by Brendan Howland, this, the harassment and harmful communications in relation to <laughs> I remember offensive.
3: that, yeah I remember that
12: Yeah, but it's been allowed to lapse multiple times over the last few years and it hasn't been pushed through yet Brendan, so it's When just, did
3: Brendan bring that to the dollar I remember him I doing it I think it was
12: 2017, 2016 right. 2017, um so it's just been going on so long, and it's lacked so many times. And all this time that it hasn't been pushed through mm. is more and more victims and more chances for girls to take their lives.
3: And remind listeners again, Megan, what that law, if it would pass, if it were to be passed, would would do?
12: So hopefully, I would hope that it would break the stigma around. It's not the person who took the images' fault. It's the fact that they're shared without consent. Consent is not transferable. You can give one person consent to view your images and not give the whole world consent yeah. or anybody else consent. So yeah. hopefully that would open up a conversation and um, around that, and then people would be able to report it to police, and it would be seen as a crime. It could have jail time depends, obviously, on a case-by-case basis.
3: And again, I know you don't want to go into too many details of your own situation, and I appreciate and accept that, but in in terms of your own situation, I mean, did you go to the guards?
12: No, I didn't, because I Googled and I saw that it wasn't a crime, and I said there's absolutely no point, but I did. There was a website a few months later with my images and a load of other girls' images posted. Mm. Like, um, they set up these anonymous revenge porn websites. Right. Um so there was loads of me and loads of other girls and I brought loads of other girls in and we were told basically nothing could
3: be done. Yeah. We, we actually we did cover that actually we we were sp- speaking to I think it was it Jess Kelly from the examiner wrote about that we, we talked about it yeah one of the reporters yeah. anyway yeah yeah, yeah. It was a fairly horrendous horrendous experience. Now coming to this advice uh, on from from the HSE which which is and I know when I read it simplified down It's it's very strange. It
7: Uh,
0: is quite strange, Phone sex,
3: internet sex, play it safe, don't have sex if you don't live together. Why are you concerned about that, Megan?
12: There's already been a 210% increase in revenge porn cases in some places in the world. Now, this is particularly dangerous for Ireland considering that we have no revenge porn laws at all and we have no support for victims available at all. Mm. So it's happening in places where there is ample support and to promote it with no education on consent. There's no education at all. I went into the pharmacy and I spoke to them about this campaign and they said they had nothing on giving education on internet sex. And I just think it's a recipe for disaster.
3: Is it your concern, for example, that, that someone following this advice and and maybe texting or sexting or exchanging pictures or information with, with, with someone that afterwards, that could be used against them.
12: Yeah, and I think it's an issue to just throw a blanket statement out there and say, have internet sex without giving proper education. There needs to be, if you're promoting something like this, you need to have an internet sex safety guideline available, readily available on the internet, so people understand what they're getting themselves into and the repercussions, the possible repercussions, and also then what to do if your photos and images are leaked. And where to get mental health support? Because just throwing a blanket statement out there, go do this, is just—it's irresponsible, to be honest. Okay,
3: okay, okay. Thank you for thank you for that. That's uh, Megan Sims, who uh, was a victim of revenge porn a number of years ago. Yeah, it was Liz Dunphy from the Examiner we talked about about this uh, only a couple of of months ago. The advice, though, from the HSE, and Megan is concerned. That people do what the HSE is effectively suggesting they do, like send one another racy pictures. That's kind of what they're saying: sexting and sending pictures. I don't. Do I? Do I need to? Ex- no, I don't. That down the road, that could be very dangerous in terms of revenge porn. Now, Dr. Nick Flynn from mycorkgp.ie. Revenge porn isn't really your concern, Nick. I think your concern is that you don't like this advice anyway. Why? Good morning.
13: Good morning, PJ. How are you? But uh, I, I, I read the, the, the reports over the weekend. I think it's important to say that what, what I have are the media reports. And I haven't seen anything uh, official from the HSC or the IPU, the Irish Pharmacy Union, on, on this topic. But my initial, uh, I suppose instincts or or, or thoughts on it were that this is confusing for people so like the public health advice uh, around COVID-19 I think needs to be clear and needs to be consistent. And so we've moved from uh, a situation where it was maybe going to be possible to eliminate the virus. So now we're we're looking at trying to do sustained suppression, which just means that we accept there's going to be a low level in the community and that we're going to try and keep it low, but that we're not going to try and eliminate it completely. Uh, and the public health advice in that regard has been that people can meet now. And that, you know, so in your own home, you can have 10 people from up to four households. Uh, if you go to a pub or a restaurant, you can meet with up to six people and spend 105 magical minutes um, in, in the pub or restaurant. Um, uh, but the advice now is telling young people that they can't meet one-on-one where there's only two people involved uh, and be intimate. So I really don't understand the, the public health message uh, because surely if you've got uh, 10 people from four households it, in a house for a number of hours having a meal or having drinks or socialising I mean, you're, you're, you're shaking, if they're shaking hands they're, they're, they're touching, they're in close contact you know, passing glasses and pa- passing items to each other like, the, 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 the COVID risk is surely more for those 10 people uh, to, 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 to spread the virus than for two people one on one now clearly uh, sexual relations aren't possible while maintaining physical distancing but I just think that, it, that the public health message is confusing and I think we've had enough public health messages that have been a little bit confusing with regards to masks uh, and other issues throughout the, the, the pandemic so far and I just felt this one was a, was a little bit off message mm-hmm. um, during during the, 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 so the if it was the first wave or what we're referring to as the first wave PJ um, the about six or eight weeks ago, the Dutch came out with something similar, where they asked people to um, kind of identify one partner, which for lots of reasons makes lots of sense, and they were referring to that partner as a cuddle buddy or a sex buddy, um, and that they wouldn't have multiple partners, and that was during during their lockdown phase. But I think when, when you're now in this new phase, where, um, uh, as I say, we're trying to Achieve sustained suppression. Um, having different public health messages about people meeting is is not helpful.
3: Okay. Nick. On the subject of of, of strange uh, messages and and other and other things, we we were talking at the top of the program this morning about swimming pools. And two listeners contacted us. One was Gillian, whose son went to a swimming pool first time in many months. Was happy to get back there, but wasn't allowed. To shower afterwards, and she believes as a result, he's developed an uh, an, 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 an a, He's had a, a a surge of his of his eczema. Sorry about that. The other one was from Lorraine, whose kids were at another swimming pool. They were allowed to shower, but they weren't allowed to wash their hair. Simple question for you, Nick. We've been told since day one of this that one of the most um, effective things you can do to get this virus off your body is use soap. Why can't you take a shower then? I can't agree. I'm
13: not really sure uh, what the answer to that would be. I suppose whatever risk assessments the individual uh, swimming pools have done, they've come up with that as a risk mitigation measure. But I'd agree with your listeners that I'm not sure it makes a whole lot of sense. Um, Like chlorine itself, obviously we all know there's chlorine in swimming pool water. It's normally like in fairness at a very dilute level where it doesn't cause uh, a lot of um, problems. But we all know from being in the swimming pool, if there's a little bit too much chlorine, it can affect your eyes and you get red eyes. And you or if your you're hands. sensitive to it. Yeah, 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 and you can get dry skin, particularly people with eczema. Uh, they, they, they can have ir- irritated skin reactions from it. But I, I, I suppose what, what probably what the swimming are trying to do, in fairness, is to prevent congregation around the the um, the shower area have to change over time, and that's probably what they're trying to do. But having said that, I mean, I'm sure there are probably other ways of doing that, maybe. But but what you did right, this fire virus thankfully uh, is very uh, doesn't doesn't respond well to soap and water. Mm. So one of the easiest things you can do is wash your hands. And I, I don't see having a shower, or washing your hair. Um, I don't see how that would w- add to anybody's risk. But so it must be to do with the congregation of people before and after the shower. I would think
3: that 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 makes makes great sense nick i wanted i noticed something before i let you go we, we talked about this back in april and and i wanted to refer back to it uh, back in april i spoke and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the facebook page of michael collins td uh, about something that you've been doing with him back in april i spoke to an engineer called justin mason home about a PPE idea that he'd had, and it was our good friend here on Delaney, the health and safety man, who put me in touch with Justin mason Home about this wonderful idea that he had for PPE in surgeries and, and, and rooms like yours. A quick snatch of what he was talking about.
13: It's a flexible polymer, see-through walls, fitted with gloves that we've all seen on the telly, and uh, it provides a barrier between the hazard and the person and the worker. We've prototyped it and tried it with an NHS medical doctor and with an NHS dentist. And through this barrier, physically through the barrier, we can meet all those medical endpoints. We can listen to somebody's chest through it and you can take a blood sample. All those medical endpoints that that a medical doctor or equivalent a healthcare
3: worker would need to do face-to-face uh, can be done at the other side of the screen, yeah. Are you using that with... Um, certain people uh, brought to your attention by, by, by yeah. Deputy Collins.
13: So, so, so ba- basically what, what happened there, PJ, was that um, I was the next um, uh, speaker on, on your show that That's morning right. and, and, I, and I caught the end, probably that piece actually, of what Justin was talking about and it just took a chord with me that actually the topic that we were discussing that morning was the difficulty we were having in general practice accessing PPE, and, uh, and Justin's description of what was a potential uh, solution to that problem just rang home. Uh, so when I came off the, the show, Kieran uh, kindly, Kieran uh, Delaney uh, kindly did a, an introduction between myself and Justin, and uh, we've had a, a Cork group, a, a multinational group really, because there's the, the, some engineers from uh, San Francisco on the group as well. Uh, we've been meeting by Zoom, and uh, we. We've, uh, I so designed a uh, kind of the, the low-tech, low-cost, environmentally friendly uh, PPE that we're now using in our Douglas surgery, um, and we're using it for lots of kind of episodes of patient care. But we've recently started um, a, a COVID swabbing service for. for returning travelers but also for people who are going on long haul flights with lots of people particularly teachers at the moment who are returning to the Middle East to their jobs and uh, they need to have this COVID test done right. before they go and they're asymptomatic uh, so they can't access it through the public health mm. uh, system in Ireland uh, and that, that healthcare barrier that Justin spoke about there and that we've developed in conjunction with uh, ILC Dover who are a uh, pl- uh, plastics manufacturer and specialist They're in Blarney Barry, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, and, and so, so so it's 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 been really good and just yes. to mention Sidney McLean and unique Fitter as well who donated his time and expertise from a design and an installation point of view. Uh, so everybody's just really given their their their, their, okay. their time pro bono to it and we've developed what, what hopefully will be a PPE sparing technology and as I say the beauty of it is it's environmentally friendly and it's low cost, DJ.
3: Yeah, okay. and uh, the, in the the old the old days, they used to say it all started on the late late show. It all started on the opinion line. Yeah, Doctor <laughs> Nick Flynn, thank you very thank much. You. That's Doctor Nick Flynn from mycorkgp.ie. Imagine starter in a pub, main course in another pub, dessert in another pub, and then a bus home. Somebody with COVID nineteen, even one person, that'd be some contact tracing. Three pubs and buses. Thank goodness for the tracer app. But if someone is in contact for 14 minutes, the app won't pick it up. It's a bit arbitrary. Refood late at night. It's quite fair to have all customers out by 11 until COVID goes away. When pubs do reopen, then if COVID-19 arrives in, in an area, they should just close them all again. Regards. I have a solution. Oh, that, I read that one out about the bus. Uh... Yes, here we go. This one, I can't talk at the moment, I'm at work, but I was in John O'Sullivan's three weeks ago for breakfast. We were sitting back to back with people. Everything seemed fine. And as a as a frequenter, shall we say, of John O's, it is all fine. Their distancing down there is, is very well managed. I think, but my mum's friends then were in another bar last weekend. They didn't need to order food. When she went to the bar from nine till two, they were there. There was... 25 people from work hired another bar upstairs three weeks ago and had music and drinks. Only some of them had food. They were there from 7pm to 2am. Went back to a house party. Yet another pub left friends of mine stay longer than the 105 minutes because their table wasn't booked after them. I think it's unfair they're able to do this and small bars can't be given a chance to prove that they can do it safely. Love the show says Mary, thank you, 1850 now, redundancy is confusing at the best of times but during the course of the pandemic and lockdown and people being furloughed and all of that, it's, it's, it's gotten even more confusing and in recent days it emerged that the government has further suspended an employee's right to demand redundancy after temporary layoff you can now not go for the foreseeable future. You can't contact your boss and say, come here, I haven't worked since March. Would you ever just make me redundant? You can't do that now until at least the 17th of September. Ortiz Ingrid Miley was tweeting about this the other night. She said the big fear it is that too many people who are temporarily laid off, and some of them haven't worked for months, will demand redundancy, as would have been their right, and that that would cause a big drain on on the state, on state funding. Uh, the re- the right to demand redundancy is under a piece of legislation called the Redundancy Payments Act of 1967. So it's been around for a bit. I'll get a legal view in a wee while. But first of all, I want to go to uh, Cork Southwest TD for the Social Democrats, Holly Cairns. Holly, good morning. Good morning. It's a relevant issue because so many people now haven't worked since March or April, and and don't know when they will again, and they'll say to their boss, look, would you ever just make me redundant and I can move on?
6: Yeah, it's a, it's a worrying uh, decision. It's kind of an, another erosion of statutory redundancy rights. And like you said, under the Redundancy Payment Act, a worker has the right to apply for redundancy if they've been temporarily laid off or put on reduced hours if after a number of weeks their employer is not in a position to guarantee them work. Um, This right was suspended when the COVID-19 crisis hit to prevent businesses being hit with kind of a rush of redundancy claims and making it harder for them to survive. Um, In the event of an employer not being able to pay statutory redundancy, the payments are made by the state through the social insurance fund. But the suspension of this right has already been extended beyond its original date and was supposed Mm. to be reinstated on the 10th of August. Now we've learned from the ministers that the ban on the right to claim redundancy will remain in place until... September 17th. So it's an exceptionally worrying decision given that, especially given that recent changes requiring those in receipt of the pandemic unemployment payment to be genuinely seeking employment. Because how can workers who are temporarily laid off be expected to genuinely seek new employment without walking away from their existing jobs and redundancy payments? Yeah. How can they seek new employment if they're not technically unemployed? Yeah, you, you can't really be pay-
3: seeking work if you, if you already have a job.
6: Exactly. Um, I suppose this kind of characterises the ambiguity of how the government is treating people as unclear last minute decisions. They will talk about travel. You should travel. You shouldn't travel, but here's a list of places that are safe. Um, And when this legislation was put forward, the Social Democrats and other parties sought to remove the requirement that to get the pandemic unemployment payment, you must be seeking work. Um, Because it's unfair on people who are waiting for their jobs to return. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's music teachers, private therapists, publicans. Um, and then in a tweet on Tuesday, Minister Humphreys contradicted her own policy, saying that if you're temporarily laid off, you're not expected to be looking for a job. But the law she passed last week says the opposite, and she rejected amendments to include that.
3: We were talking about that just in, in the context of, of entertainers. It's, it's all. I think what's happened, Holly, is so much of this was, was brought in in a matter of days by the previous administration. And now, when things have calmed down a small bit, and it's going on longer than anybody thought, it's fraught with legal problems.
6: Exactly, we've just started a six-week recess, and you know, that's not a break for TDs, you still get calls about these issues, but it's a break from the government being held to account, is what I'm finding.
3: Yeah, so what is the, how many, like, you can see the point that um, Ingrid Biley was making on her Twitter, uh, the theory behind this is that if if loads and loads and loads of people start going to their employer and being and asking for redundancy and they get statutory it'll cause a massive drain on resources.
6: Absolutely but you know workers rights have to be considered in this as well and I think when the the crisis passes employers both private and public will be judged on how they've treated the most vulnerable workers during unprecedented times, but the government has an equal responsibility to ensure that workers' rights and conditions are enshrined in our law and have full statutory backing. You know, there's, there's obligations on both.
3: I'll take a legal view on this in, in just a few moments with, with uh, an employment lawyer. But just before I let you go, I know you wanted to comment on a previous item, Holly, that was uh, re- revenge porn talking to Megan, she was very worried about this new HSE advisory with regard to sex. You brought up uh, revenge porn uh, in a parliamentary question, did you?
6: Yeah, and I'm, you know, in awe of Megan's bravery for everything she's doing for that campaign. So, massive well done to Megan. And, yeah, we've asked the, minister, the new Minister for Justice and Equality um, if the Harassment, Harmful Communications and Related Offences Bill 2017 will be reintroduced to make image-based sexual abuse and revenge Foreign criminal offences, and she said the government is committed to, to taking action to tackle the non-consensual distribution of intimate images. Um, and I think this, this is Helen sure Megan, but I'll keep pushing for this. Yeah,
3: she, she hasn't given a time frame. she's just said, "Yeah, we're going to do it."
6: Yeah, that's generally the response um, I'm finding you get from ministers.
3: Okay, all right. But
6: she said she's, she's conscious of the, the kind of deeply harmful effects right. um, that it has on victims. So. You know, I'll okay. keep pushing for it and I think um, Minister McEntee is enthusiastic about pushing it through as well.
3: Okay, alright, thanks for that. That's uh, Holly Cairns, uh, Deputy Holly Cairns of the Social Democrats from Cork South West. As I say, I'll get a legal view on redundancy and, and rights and how they've been changed and tweaked and, and fiddled with in just a sec.
2: This is Courts Gold Emro Award winning talk show The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan Call
6: us now 1850
2: 715 996 on Courts 96 FM
3: now, Sarah Halpin is an employment lawyer with Halpin and Company. Sarah, I, I may have to bring you back after the news because we're going to be tight with time. I do want to spend a couple of minutes talking about this, but we'll start anyway. It, redundancy rights for someone who's been laid off for months on end—what are
5: they? Good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. If you've been laid off for months on end previously, before the COVID restrictions, the emergency measures were brought in. If you were laid off for four weeks or more than six weeks in the past 13 weeks, you could seek redundancy from your employer if they weren't in position to return you to um, full time hours. Mm. And it's, you'd get statutory
3: that, then? It's, it's,
5: you'd get statutory statutory redundancy, but that has since changed. So basically they've put the employee's right to claim redundancy on ice um, until the 17th of September. Yeah. So I suppose the implications it is, as Holly was saying, it's a ticking time bomb um, for employers... Um, because, uh, contrary to what Holly was saying, it's actually the employer pays the statutory redundancy, um, and if they're not in a position to do so, it reverts back to the state then.
3: Well, they don't automatically and claim it back from the state, no?
5: No. So, if, 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 if they claim it from their employer, so you can imagine... No, what I mean, to Sarah, to,
3: that, you don't, that the employer doesn't automatically no, claim there's that No, back. no nice. there's no
5: rebate. No, there's no rebate from the state. So... For employers, this is obviously an extremely stressful time, and um, they're facing this ticking time bomb, where they, for some, for some employers, they haven't even been able to open. So for publicans, they they still haven't opened their doors, and they're potentially fa- facing claims from employees for, in some cases, quite considerable redundancy payments. Mm. Um, and the reality is. If they're not in a position to pay them, it reverts to the state, and the employee the employee can claim it off the state. But that leads to solvency questions. Then for the employer, should they in fact be trading yeah. with that liability to their staff? Yeah. So it, it you know it's um
3: it's a minefield.
5: It is. And prior it, prior to two thousand and thirteen, there was a rebate for employers. So the the. The employer could claim back 60% of the redundancy payment, mm-hmm. but that that is no longer there. So look, it is something definitely that the government will have to address because it will leave a lot of companies um, insolvent and in a position where they're going to be, you know, having to make tough tough decisions on whether they actually can reopen or not, you know, and um,
3: when the last government moved and moved as quickly as it did in the, in the early days of this, uh, they probably didn't preempt how long it would go on for, nor did they preempt the, the, no. the legal mire in which they could now find themselves.
5: No, and the date has been pushed out um it was meant to be the tenth uh the tenth of august um and I know employees are watching the date you know if you haven't been in work in months um and you've long service you'll be watching this date, and i uh, employees are definitely waiting for the opportunity to claim it um so uh, you know it is it's it it is a tricky. A Tricky position for both employees and employers. Mm. Um, mm. and
3: I'd like to come back to you a little bit maybe after news on, on your rights if you are let go right now and have they changed if you're actually let go permanently. If your boss calls up and says they were not opening again, I'd like to come back to you on that maybe for a minute or two after the 11 o'clock news. If you'd be free to do so, Sarah, thanks very much for that. The
2: opinion line with PJ Coogan
3: on courts 96 FM. 1850-715-996 is the number to call. The text to the WhatsApp 083-396-9696 Email it to the show. It's opinion at 96fm.ie Twitter at opinionline96 and of course the course 96fm Facebook page and address your messages please if you could the Quarks 96 m opinion line. And that way they'll get to us because the Facebook page gets dozens and dozens of messages a day so it's easy to filter them out. If you want to contact us, send the message to us. Talking before 11 o'clock to employment lawyer Sarah Halpin about the current redundancy situation. Uh, it's all changed uh, to, I suppose, prevent people getting redundancy off of their employers having been laid off because of COVID since... February, March, April, and to prevent a run on that, the government have changed the criteria under which you can get it. And that might be fair or not fair, depending on on your view. But it's it's also opened a legal minefield in, in other ways. Uh, Sarah's back with me for a few minutes more, and I appreciate you you holding on. You could have a lot of people coming in with with claims uh, as as well as well as well this. Sarah, could you? Good morning.
5: Good morning. Oh, definitely. Um, the uh, I've advised quite a few people, and they've been watching these dates, uh, empl- employees, in order to put in their application for a redundancy payment. Um, so, it, undoubtedly, there will be a raft of claims um, once the date is reached. Um, and, look, its employers will need to make provision for it as well wow. um, and take their own advice in terms of their solvency if they yeah. do um, If they do meet a raft of these claims. Because
3: yeah. um, a person cannot continue to trade in any way if they are insolvent and if, if loads of your empl- yeah. em- employees are looking to be made redundant, you can become insolvent very quickly.
5: That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So um, it's something the government will need to look at too in terms of maybe bringing back a subsidy or I'm not sure. And just another, I suppose, look, employees, there's kind of a bit of confusion. They're saying that employees need to be looking for alternative roles. um, But if you've laid off an employee, they're still your employee. Yeah. Um, so your employer is still your employer even if you're laid off. Yeah. So for employers they're going to have to deal with these employees at some point. Um, you know head in the sand or kind of ignoring the problem, it's not going to go away. Yeah. Um they either have to bring them back or lay them off and um, permanently make them redundant. Um so it is, you know, there's going to be decisions have to be made on this. Yeah. Um, and also,
3: yeah. in terms of jobs being being lost, Sarah, and, and sadly thousands have and tens of thousands have and some of them may, may never be gotten back. But you, I think you see a lot of people coming in to your services, older people who've been on very solid salaries and they're the first to be let go
5: well that is in some cases that can be the case yeah yeah um i suppose it when when you're selecting someone for Redundancy, or even for layoff, if you're not laying off all of your staff, you need to be very careful with your selection criteria, and um, it needs to be completely fair and impartial, mm. and you can't discriminate. Is there um, an obligation
3: to last in first out, or is that just something people do out of goodwill?
5: Well, that is objective, so it's far less open to criticism from the WRC. Yeah. So it is, it, you know, it's the fairest criteria in a way. And um, once you start um, using a, select, a selection matrix, it could be open to challenge, um, yeah. and there could be inadvertent. There could be discrimination in the selection criteria itself. You,
3: you could see a problem whereby if you have a, an office full of, we'll say, thirty somethings, and and you've one or two. 40-somethings, and the 40-somethings are the ones to be left go, well, that's one of the seven, they could say, that's one of the seven discriminatory standards. You can't be discriminated on the grounds of your age.
5: That's right. So, it just, employers need to be very careful in terms of their selection criteria. Yeah. Um, and it needs to be complete, completely impartial. And it is the role that needs to be made redundant, not not the person. Um, so the selection must be on that basis um, to to not be open to challenge. But I'm sure there is going to be a raft of litigation um, surrounding... COVID layoffs and yeah. people being brought back and other people not being brought back yeah. and redundancies and, um, and, and another one getting that, going. another yeah.
3: one that springs to mind is, and we've had a lot of talk about it, maternity leave. You cannot be let go from your job while you're on maternity leave. Isn't that the case? Have you come across anybody who has been?
5: I haven't. I think employers are... Um, careful around that. Now it is different obviously if a business closes. Yes. Um yes. so if a business closes, all of the staff have the right to claim redundancy um if if the business is not reopening and it's mm. it is permanently closed. Um And look, we're seeing just a lot of stress out there from employers and employees and it leads to a lot of cross wires and poor communication Mm -hmm. where um, employers could genuinely be trying to do their best, but that's not being communicated effectively to the employee. So they don't feel that their employer is doing their best and yeah. um, and a lot of people who have been laid off just meeting stony silence from their employer yeah. which is never a good idea and um, you're basically leaving them to come up with their own scenarios yeah. and their if you Commun- don't have a communication it, it is, it is, and look, looks just even on a human level, if somebody has been laid off and they're at home for months on end, and if the business has reopened and only certain staff are brought back in, um, on a human level, just to communicate with the employees, explain the position, keep in touch, um, it, it avoids disputes and stresses for everyone. And I suppose from an employee's perspective, if they are sitting at home and they are on layoff and they feel there was some unfairness in it or they feel aggrieved, they also have a duty to bring that to their employer um, and to communicate...
3: Keep keep all the lines of communication open.
5: Yeah, yeah. And, to you know, if they feel it warrants putting in some kind of grievance to the employer so they can get full a full answer on why they were chosen or what um what is going on in the background or what the employer's intentions are um the employee should do that okay. to keep you know that they have the full picture and to keep the lines of communication open. Okay.
3: Okay. I'll leave it there anyway, Sarah, and thank you very much. Keep the communication, the lines of communication open is key. Uh, but there have been changes. And be be if you're looking. Thank you, Sarah Halpin. From uh, happening companies in employment law, there have been changes, uh, and it's not going to be easy for anyone to get redundancy payments out of this. If your job never opens again, uh, and if you are thinking of laying people off, you need to be careful about it. I think the last bit is the key. Uh, communication is everything. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. We had another message from Angeline in Germany. Um, who calls me PJ, or the J-A-Y. I love that, Angeline. Thank you. I'll, I'll try and get to that before I 12, but delighted that you're listening to us in Germany today. 1850, 715 Dog theft came up with D a couple of times while I was away, and I can tell you, dog theft is huge up and down the country. Everywhere I was, we were travelling around a little bit, everywhere I was, the local papers, all had dog theft, dog theft, dog theft, and ordinary commoner garden pet dogs not necessarily you know, expensive pedigree dogs, just your ordinary family mutt getting robbed and it's very distressing for everybody in the house and and uh, Owen Fahey who's a Sinn Féin rep in Carrigaline, is concerned about something that he has seen I'll talk to him next
2: This is Court's Gold Imro Award winner Talk show, The Opinion Line, with PJ Coogan. Call
6: us now, 1850
2: 715
3: 996. On Courts, 96 FM. Now, literally, just during that commercial break, we took a call from uh, someone who said, I saw a guy picking up a dog and putting it into a van. He'd been playing and petting the dogs for about five minutes. I couldn't believe my eyes. We don't know where this happened. Uh, we suggested that he go to the guards but he didn't have a high opinion of their interest in, in the situation but there are many, many incidents We hear about drones flying over gardens to, to look down purportedly on, on dogs you hear about cable ties being put onto wheelie bins to indicate that there's a dog here or maybe two dogs here and people are genuinely very fearful for their dogs I have two dogs, and as I've told you many times before. One of them has, has a habit of running out the front door, the silly little mutt. Uh, but if she goes out the door these days, it's a mad panic because we don't want to lose sight of her because she'll get lifted up. We don't want that, you know? You've got to be very careful. Owen oh, Fahey, you've also noticed something that worries you. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. How's it Good, good, good. What have you seen, and where have you seen it? Yeah, I
14: suppose it kind of starts maybe was it early, early last week. People start to notice in, like stickers on their ESP mini pillars outside their doors or outside their neighbours or in their estates. Okay. And obviously with the recent hike of dog thefts it kind of set off alarms for people that their house has been marked or their neighbours What, what kind of marked. stickers? It was just small. It ranged from like a blue, red, yellow, just a sticker that wasn't on the box we'd say the day before and they'd noticed it mm. around their mm. estates and things
3: like that. Well, oh, this, because the, the various we've been stories concerned uh, cable ties of a different colour or one or two different cable ties being put up so we now think you might have seen and you can't be sure in Carrigaline, and I know there's been a spate of theft in, in Carrigaline. You did you get on to the ESP about it?
14: Yeah we uh, what happened was first when like it, it was in Ruby classic before we kind of came to my attention that a lot of the constituents had contacted me with the, as I said with the recent hike and dog theft they were kind of frightened and worried that their house was being marked so I don't first when i tried trying to contact the ESB, which long the weekend, it was hard to get a definite answer. So we contacted the Tokyo Air Station and they said they believed it was the ESB, but they weren't in a position to guarantee it. So the ESB did get back to me this week and they, they confirmed that it's their stickers that when they do maintenance, or sort checks on the mini the mini ESB pillars that they'd put stickers and they'd rotate the colors from red, was it red, blue, green and yellow <laughs> stickers they put on the box just their maintenance meant to notice give them certain things what they've done to the box you know
3: okay okay so so in other words a, a van going around looking for boxes to service or boxes to check up if there's a sticker on it you know, maintenance, yeah. i gotcha i gotcha so that there was nothing too too no, concerning
14: it's like it's the alarms of people with the recent hike in doctors and the general welfare group itself have said this with people at home with covid-19 pandemic they decided to get dogs and which obviously saw the market in prices. Yeah. And these thieves are just, they're using it as an easy in the market for them. And they're taking the dogs and selling them on for a profit for themselves, you know.
3: Yeah, which is unfortunate for the poor old dog, but anyway.
14: Yeah, like you've seen in Limerick, there was 10, 10 stolen dogs captured in Limerick last week. The guys found them in Limerick. That's right, that's right. And they're trying, they're trying to return them now to, to their rightful
3: owners, thank God. And, and the difficulty there is that, and, and there have been a number of cases of, of an unspeakably cruel thing to do, which is to take a Stanley knife and cut the chip out of the dog's neck. I mean...
14: Cut the chip out Yeah, Like, you, you, if people you get a dog, you'd be advising them to get your dog chipped to have any hope If of happening, But then when you see that happening, that they're cutting the chip out of the dog, it, it's very hard, you know? It's heartbreaking for, for the owners and for the families and people with young kids. It's very hard to explain to them yeah. where your dog has gone, you know? Yeah. Uh,
3: I have to say, if I thought that anybody wanted, attempted to turn a Stanley knife on my dog... I, I I quickly turn it on them, yeah, <laughs> but that's just yeah, me, and I'm not endorsing that. <laughs> yeah, if you could
14: do that to an animal, you know, you, you'd be you'd be frightened of at what what that person is capable of at any yeah. stage. All
3: right, listen, Owen. Thanks very much. You did clarify it with the ESB those stickers on the ESP boxes—nothing to worry about. They're actually ESB service indicators for their own crew. Thanks, Owen Fatty. But definitely, that space of of dog theft is is very very bothersome and worrying, and. Anyone who doesn't have a dog, eh, it's only an old dog. It's not only an old dog. It's a part of the family. Uh, and they're being stolen right, left and centre. Tomorrow we'll be talking to uh, an animal rights campaigner who's looking to get new legislation in place on dog theft. Uh, so we'll be coming back to this one. Sarah says, I work for the ESB. They have confirmed this is uh, put on by the ESB. Yeah, just to explain it in case anyone missed what Owen was saying there. When the ESB repair vans and service crews go around and check out these little individual meter boxes, the only way that they know that one has been looked at and one has not been looked at is there is a sticker on it. And sometimes the sticker is red and sometimes it's blue and sometimes it's green. And they change the colour according to the time of the year. So that's how the crew know that the box has been has been taken care of. So nothing to worry about in those concerns. Michael was on to know how we're going to give out the COVID numbers in Cork at the moment. Yeah, I said I would at the top of the programme and uh, thank you for reminding me, Michael. We only have that and um, I'm the Mary Cochran, formerly of 96M is now with the Echo and doing great work on this, Big also the COVID because she's a medical journalist that's her background and she's does some great work on the numbers you can find them but they're hard to find. They give out all these individual numbers for counties, like they say now in the evenings we had forty cases, we'd fifteen here, and we'd eight there, and we'd seven there, and we'd something else there. But trying to try get the cumulative numbers for a place like Cork has, has been difficult. But the last piece I have from Mary was dated on last Monday in the Echo. And Cork had twenty seven cases in the course of the month of July. So that's pretty good. Twenty seven cases. In the whole of County Cork. Now, bear in mind, according to the 2016 census or thereabouts, we have about half a million people in Cork, City and County. So, 27 cases across the month of July. Uh, Up to the end of July, with 1,567 cases spread across Cork, City and County. And as of Monday, there were no confirmed cases in our major hospitals. There were three suspected cases. In the mercy. Now this is Thursday. That was Monday. It may have changed in between. We we, we do believe we've had one additional case at least over the last couple of days. But we're doing well. Cork is doing a lot better than other parts of the country. A friend of mine was telling me recently he was in a hospital, shall we say, having a procedure done. on An injury. And he was worried about COVID because he'd be a guy a little bit older than me and he'd had one or two underlying conditions and he'd be very worried about COVID and he said to me that a nurse quietly said to him look I shouldn't really tell you this but just a bit of reassurance at the moment it'd be, it'd be easier to get hit by a bus in Cork than to just randomly get COVID in the street which is interesting 1850 715 uh, Finn is with me on the Stanley knife I'd be more than a little irked if someone thought it was a good idea to take a Stanley knife to my dog. I know. eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. Now meeting people during all of this has been very difficult to say the least. I mean the pubs were closed, the hotels were closed. When the pubs opened, sure they're only 105 minutes and, and I'm not going into that. Not going into that anymore. But Hillary has one or two ideas and she'd like to discuss them.
2: This is Court's Gold Imro Award-winning talk show, The Opinion Line, with PJ Coogan.
6: Text or WhatsApp now, 96 96.
2: On Court's 96
3: FM. Hillary says that the days of a guy talking or chatting you up or t- even talking to you in a bar are pretty much gone, meeting random strangers in pubs on a Saturday night. Not always the most advisable way to meet people, but you've been doing it since time began. And it's gone, Hilary, isn't it? Good morning.
15: Good morning, PJ. How are you?
3: Good. It is gone, Good. isn't it? The old... Go oh, to it's long night.
15: gone. It's long. It's gone for years. It's like the slow set long ago. Do you know what I mean? I remember
3: the slow set. I always and did two slow sets in my district.
15: Exactly. And the bit, the bit of food at the end of the night, you'd get in spiders and the slop they used to hand up. You know? it was.
3: God be with the days. There were so many ways to meet even if it was over a, a tray of very questionable looking food. But now they're all gone. So, the, the the old ways of meeting someone gone by the board now, and particularly stamped out through this whole COVID thing.
15: Absolutely, and if anything, it's probably has impounded it even more. You know, and um, I just like I was saying, uh, friends of mine who um, who have who have found love online and have found you know lifelong partners, uh, which is wonderful. But there are those then that are still um, looking for for relationships, and uh, you know, so and it's like I said. Um, social gatherings of any kind, pubs, nightclubs, theatres, you know, all the festivals in West Cork, etc., they're all gone now. And if, uh, like, you know, you're on the clock basically now from the time you, you know, get in to get out now. So everything is much more stricter, structured, you know. So it's it's extremely hard just on listening to them how hard it is to to meet someone genuine and genuine that that's the magic word really and you know actually it's a good
3: point the queen bee was saying to me at the weekend what she misses most and i'd be far more than than she would be in this department what she misses most about socializing in this is spontaneity
15: absolutely Absolutely.
3: There's no spot. You gotta book no. your dinner and book yes. your you know, yes. Yes. there's no the the idea now that you'd be walking down and you might meet someone that say you have fancy or you like or you yes. fancy but it's sending any time with them. Mm-hmm. You can't mm-hmm. Ah, come on, wait for a pint.
15: You can't. You can't. You can't and it's um you know, and relationships have taken somebody's you know, have taken a hammering as well during lockdown in that they found it really hard workers from home your your partners with you 24-7 oh I mean, cabin the, the, fever
3: is a real thing yes you know you, know, <laughs> like you we, love we these people all our,
15: all our lives, <laughs> and now here we are on a permanent holiday you're like sorry no um, so <sighs> yeah. that that that's all you know putting strains on, on, on the home life as well mm-hmm. and you people in who are weekend dads or weekend mums or you know and the effort and the work that goes into going out for a night, whether you have to organise, you know, childminders or get yourself ready, and so all of that is, you know, um, it, it's 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 tough going. And it's like you know, the um, the time and effort that's going into um, to you know meeting somebody is, and the virtual dating is, is non really, You know, you looking at a screen. You
3: can't. It, uh, you can't date you know, over Zoom.
15: No. You know. <laughs> you know you can talk to your manager, and you can have Zoom calls and conferences with clients, etc. But you certainly can't find love. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You're so single at the moment yourself. Is yeah, yeah. That I've heard of this thing is called table of six. So basically, I would have um, friends over, which um, I would know that they're genuine. If there were three guys and three girls, friends of mine that were, you know, of ours that that are single, have a cheese board, wine, nice music, chat, Informal setting and sanitise and, you know, chat away, but get their, get them comfortable again around chatting, talking, no pressure, you know, because they actually know they've already been vetted, shall we say, Mm. by me, to say they're genuine people, or, you know, and there might be a phone number exchanged, there might be nothing exchanged, but I think I'm reaching out to all of Cork to do this. Mm. You know, there's 96 FM now doing the Back Garden Festival uh, next Friday night, right? I've, um, Say, I'm having a, um, a couple of women over here to the house. Yeah. We're calling it a little bitch fest. And we back I love and just, it. We're having the back garden festival music on the background.
3: Did you say Friday? Did you say tomorrow?
15: <laughs> no, Friday week, when you're having your gap gar- back garden festival.
3: Okay, uh, 14th, oh yeah.
15: Yes. So it's just a gathering of, you know, um, like I said, it'll be like a... Some kind of a, a counselling session, but we all counsel each other through it. But it's just, um, I counseling think. Counselling my
3: gonna, ass. You're going to sit there and bitch at each other for, or a, for to death, <laughs> <to death.
15: laughs> It was you
3: another know,
1: slug of the white. <laughs> I, yeah, I tell yeah.
15: you about him. Uh,
1: yeah.
15: Frocks, <laughs> nails, relationships, everything else will be all, will be like, yeah, there's no, there's no agenda. But it's, um, I think everyone should, could use that evening to be, you know, just um, do a bit of research between now and. Yeah. Christmas and say, you know. Um, Table. And, I I see,
3: the only thing is, I would be have a minor concern about it is that at the moment and until such time as they tell us, we're 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 only supposed to have people that we know I in know. our homes. I know. So yeah. So you kind of can't bring a newbie into that circumstance, can
15: you? I know, but um, I I respect and I appreciate that as well, you know. But um, I think. Um, if it's a nice evening it'll be in the back garden if it's you know like the the hand sanitizer be done and if they want to go up and have the chaff they can i just think there's ways and means around it usually there'll always be an obstacle i mean the schools and the children and the workplace and you know i it's just i'm just testing the word i'm trying to be innovative here and trying to be you know do a workaround i did i was the i did those sanitary um bags remember the goodie bags for the for the frontline workers that we do made. so yeah so i just think we can you know there's, there's lots of ways and that's what i'm saying next friday night is my my chance i haven't seen any of my friends in so long or all so busy and yeah. you know so um they're all near you know near me so we kind of see each other in passing but it's just an excuse again to to get together but we'll um you know, we, we look out for each other. You know, I I, yeah. I appreciate what you're saying about the um the, the distancing and, and newbies into my home, but I'll be very wary of that. Well,
6: have you, have you got a, have oh you got a side
3: have you got a side entrance, for example? Have uh, got a
15: a, entrance, yeah, yeah,
3: I have a side entrance. Yeah, bring them down by the side yes, in the back gate, yes, meet them yes. in the garden. Yeah. I could,
15: yeah, hose them down then with the sanitizer <laughs> and. Uh,
3: <laughs> Do you know what? It's all and... for, it's all for, it's all in pursuit of a bit of fun.
15: It is, it is, yeah. and like there's there's no malice, there's no um there's no. An ulterior motive in this—it's just basically to to help relationships along and get people back into their comfort zone, and you know, with the opposite sex and their own conversation yeah. skills again. You know, table
3: so. table of six,
15: table
3: of six, as opposed now to table of sex. <laughs> <laughs>
15: Yes, I'm very much opposed to. It. I'll have to clear the table for that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'll let you know how, how it plays out. Two. So uh, if, if it goes ahead, so it's just in its infancy and just um, in talks at the moment. So we're okay. just.
3: Uh, and have you some place? Have you a Facebook page or something that people can look at?
15: No, no, no. I'm just telling people they can do this themselves at the moment, that everyone should, could do could do a bit of uh, R&D on this and just, um, but I, I do plan to do it and maybe I can go back to you with, with yeah. my findings and other people do and don't of how That'd be great. a disaster or success it was. That'd be great.
3: That'd be great. Alright, we'll talk again, Hilary. Thanks a bunch. Eighteen fifty-seven one five nine nine six. And and good luck with it when it comes about this idea that your table of six, that you'd have people that you might want to get to know a bit better or that but half a dozen people would get together in the back garden or in a big space or on the deck or in a big kitchen and just socialise a little bit um, and, and be, do it carefully sanitizer, all that because the idea of meeting people and developing relationships it's all been sort of stymied by this thing and, and you know where we were asking maybe two, two or three months ago what, what is the thing that you miss most Over the last few months and and when we were all locked down and when everybody was cocooning and all of this, the thing that most people missed most was was seeing their mom or seeing their grandchildren or seeing their relatives and friends. That's kind of, thankfully, for the most part, I don't want to be caught out in a generalization, generalization, but for the most part, that's gone now. We can see each other and we can meet each other and meet our loved ones while being careful. But the spontaneity of just going out randomly on a Saturday night and and popping in for a drink and meeting someone and randomly chatting to them and maybe friendship or something more develops from it, that's gone now. So maybe spontaneity is the thing. Certainly I know me, if I was to put my finger on something that's bothering me most in the last few weeks with regard to this, spontaneity. Spontaneity. Now, I want to address this. Uh, I relayed something about 5 or 10 minutes ago and I mentioned that a friend having done the numbers Cork's case numbers which were 27 across the whole month of July and we presently have nobody, at least as of Monday we had nobody in hospital I mentioned a friend of mine a little older than me who would have had one or two underlying conditions who was recently in hospital for a procedure uh, following an accident and someone whispered to him he said he was very nervous someone whispered to him look shouldn't really say this but in Cork at the moment if you're careful your chances of getting COVID you have a better chance of getting hit by a bus I don't mean that to be bulleting the situation we had a call that said for a man in PJ's position to say you're more likely to be hit by a bus than to get COVID-19 is just astounding you seem to be joining the denier brigade statistically that is way out there It was an opinion expressed to a friend of mine from someone who said, look, if you're careful, and the stress was, if you're careful, if you do the things we're told to do, sanitize your hands, wash your hands, keep your distance, wear your face covering, do all the things we're we're told to do. Don't be getting involved in drinking sessions with randomers. Be careful. Take the advice you're being given and follow it. Your chances of getting COVID in the community in Cork are very low at the moment. In the community is what she was referring to You're talking about different types of risks for a start. You can't compare them. But if we're in the mood for some statistics, can you please answer this? How many people does it take to start an epidemic? Oh, I know that answer, caller. It's one. One. One becomes two, becomes four, becomes six. One. If you don't believe me... Watch the movie Contagion on Netflix. 1850 715 At a time when we're talking about businesses struggling and suffering, and so many of them are, great to see a new business opening in a very popular place.
2: This is Court's Gold, Imro Award-winning talk show, The Opinion Line, with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850-715-996. On Court's 96FM.
3: Now, the Four Liars restaurant, the Four Liars Bistro, one of the most popular places on the north side of Cork City. And it's got a new owner taking over, and starting with two owners uh, taking over. And they're opening, I think, today at four o'clock. Abdul, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good, and delighted to talk to you. You'll be keeping the name The Four Liars.
16: We will try to keep the same name. It's like, uh, it's good a chance. As you said, most of the people know this restaurant in the same name, under the same name, you know. So it's a good advantage for us to start with the, with the uh, or to continue with the same name. Uh, plus adding something like uh, uh, Syrian food or something like that. But the main name, it's under uh, Four Layers Restaurant in okay. Shandon.
3: It's yourself, Abdul, and your friend Ahmed. Tell me a bit about yourselves.
16: Actually, originally we are from Syria. We arrived here in Ireland uh, four years ago, and uh, we start to increase our English skills and our skills careers or something like that. Uh, We moved to Cork four years before we uh, once we arrived here. Once we arrived here, we arrived under uh, Irish program for protection from uh, the 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 Syrian war. You know, you left you left the war. yeah? Yeah. 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 And uh Irish government has uh, this program for protection, to provide some uh, protection for the families who escaped from the war. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And uh, we did some courses, we did some uh, to ha- be familiar with uh, Irish culture, uh, to have some information about that. Uh, we decided to sit up now uh, and uh, settle down with this new business here in, in Shandon. Yeah.
3: And you you, you met, it was your children met. You didn't actually know each other, did you?
16: Actually, uh, my children here, uh, uh, you know, uh, the kids um, doing much better than the adults, especially with the integration, you know. They will take everything as quickly as you, you can't imagine how fast they are. Yeah. They do relationships and they do friendship and they, went to the schools, unfortunately, under these circumstances with COVID-19, uh, they paid board at home as them as any other children, you know. Mm. Uh, my kids and my friend Ahmed's kids uh, are in the same school. So we get a chance to introduce to each other and we are belong originally from Syria. We are from Syria together. So we, we, we meet each other firstly at school, you know, that's in the community school and uh, yeah. We exchanged some chant and some, uh, meeting and we, uh, his qualification is a chef and he did some, uh, uh, job. He gets some jobs over there in Dublin and in Cork city in Cromwell. He is uh, really experienced about this job. And, uh, uh my, uh, role in this, uh, new business here, going to be more logistic things to organize it and, uh, uh, on the floor, you know. Because yeah. you, you,
3: you're an archaeologist, I think, aren't you?
16: I was actually. That's my previous. <laughs> my <laughs> previous uh, qualification was an archaeologist and tourist guide. Right. In
3: Syria. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think initially was it that Ab- Ahmed wanted your help because and you have and my compliments. Your your English is exquisite.
16: I am very lucky because I get some English before I arrive here and I did some courses here. In, in language centers, to, to increase it, you know. Yeah. To I mean, I'm learn. even
3: picking up the slightest tinge of a Cork accent, Abdul, at this stage. <laughs> <laughs>
16: <laughs> <laughs> very I'm slight. i am trying, just trying. To, you're set, to you're try
3: settling it. in. So so you're opening up the, the Four lines. and of course w- with with your own background in the archaeology, you're opening up in, in such a historic area.
16: That's why I was very excited to get this place. It is in a historical area, Most of the people here gave me, uh, at the beginning, you know, when I uh, saw the uh, four layers of San Pestro or four layers Pestro, that name doesn't make any sense for me. And I tried to do some searches online to find why they they named under this name. And I get the story about this name. It's linked with the uh, uh, Shandon Tower here with the four clocks and four different times. That's four layers clock and i I have some Irish friends, and they explain it to me now I was uh, uh, insist to 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 keep the name uh, with his, its with his to history you know yeah
3: yeah and and the whole area up there, that whole Shandon area steeped in history and yeah. as a tour guide in a former life, local history was was so important to you. so have you been learning more about the history of the area?
16: I did. I did some searches online, and I asked my friends. And uh, you know, that's my my qualification. <laughs> I do so, uh, yeah. uh, uh, to find out what the history. It's very important for me to be familiar with that. Yeah. When you read the history, you know how to deal with the future. That's our uh, Arabic expression. You know, I like uh, that. Uh, the history here is very important. That's uh, as I told you. That I uh, decide to to keep the name as it is. You know. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, are, are all of your family here now? Actually, my wife and my five kids and Ahmed's wife and his uh, two kids. Mm, the parents are still over there. Uh, oh. Hopefully, we'll get a chance even to visit or t- uh, to make them to come here and visit us. You yeah.
3: Know? Yeah, A tough old, tough old few years for people trying to get away from that. I remember covering the horrors of Aleppo and places like that over the years. A huge decision to 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 up and leave and, and and leave family behind. Huge, huge decision.
16: Uh, it's difficult and huge and uh, like that's our destiny. You know, uh, always keep doing something to uh, support the others especially that's your responsibility. Your family it's your responsibility. We're thinking like that. Uh, we sacrifice that we can't see them at the moment, but we uh, get a chance here to be here uh, and support them and find something in the future. We are looking for a hope, you know what I mean? Hope that's, uh, 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 that day will come to see them and see us.
3: Yeah, yeah, but for now you get on, you move forward and you build up your new life.
16: Uh, always, I keep myself busy, you know, <laughs> to avoid uh, thinking about the yeah. memories and about the belonging and about my family, and you know, yeah. find yeah. something to keep yourself busy all the time. And uh, in yeah. this way, uh, I think we will we will get through. We'll yeah. get through the situation.
3: Now, uh, the the Four Lars was always a big place. I, I'm surprised to see how many people you can accommodate, even with social distancing. How many?
16: Actually, the capacity uh, it's huge, but we will reduce it now because of the HSA measures uh, to fifty percent. Fifty percent that's equal nearly thirty thirty customer right. like that. But, but uh, we have here uh, a yard in front of the restaurant, like uh, small square that's a uh, yes. square or something like that. Uh, I think it's a good advantage for us to use it and we would maintain the social distance. In, brilliant. under
3: yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant. And what kind of a menu have you got out there?
16: The main menu project, it's like uh, the Syrian food. That's um, the, our project. Uh, why we decide that? Because most of the people uh, would like to know what the, the Syrian kitchen is, what yeah. uh, uh, their they food. It's like lecture the food is cluttered you can call for example italian kitchen Lebanese kitchen irish kitchen that's there is some features include each one yeah so we would like to introduce uh, our well, So
3: forgive me Abdul I don't know much about syrian food in fact to be honest I don't know anything about it what would I what would I be what would I be having if I were having a typical syrian uh, dinner uh,
16: for example we have a uh, mixed grill and we have uh, uh and kepsa. That's what we call it in Arabic because there is no translation for that in English. But this is the main dishes and uh, going to be suitable for the vegetarian and non vegetarian as well. Uh, uh, you can call it healthy food. You know, Mediterranean, uh, all the Mediterranean countries has a uh, big, huge selection of uh, options with yeah. the food. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Plus uh, some some Italian pizza, some Mexican pizza, burgers, something like great. that. It's something but, for I mean, everybody, really. Yeah, I think so. I I hope so. <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, listen. The very, very, very best of luck uh, to you and and you. to Ahmed because it's 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 a much loved place. As I'm sure that you that you will know now, even before you open the doors, it's a much loved place, and and it's great to see. Someone coming in and taking it over because we've had so much bad news about businesses closing. Yeah. Like, I, do you, I suppose, do you, do you think you're taking a chance during you know, COVID 19?
16: During COVID 19, most of the businesses need support. Uh, and the other businesses are closed now. We'll sell food to make, to do something, you know, in return to this community. Uh, and we will try and we'll do our best. Uh, to make sure that everybody's satisfied and everybody happy with us. Okay. You know, that's, uh, we, I hope Ireland will get through all of this, because all together, we are all together in this, you know. Yeah. We'll try to, this is our way to, to help in the community, to help in the, the local people who helped us. We will try. Hopefully we'll success.
3: You know what? With an attitude yeah. like that, I have every confidence that you will. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And, and, and lovely to talk to you, and I, I, I look forward to, to sampling the goods. That's Abdul uh, himself and Ahmed taking over. Two Syrian lads taking over uh, the Four Liars restaurant, opening today at four o'clock. Um, he is an archaeologist, and a tour guide is Buddy Ahmed, is the chef, and they're going to run it between us.